0: Another edition of Beat the Closing Number, presented by TheLines.com. My name is Eli Hirskovich. You can follow The Lines on Twitter, at TheLinesUS. You can follow our MLB lead analyst, Mo Noir, on Twitter, at Mo Noir. to my right. Virtually, it's spelled on the screen. Not going to bother messing it up this time. And before we get started, remember to give the video a thumbs up and ring that bell to get notifications whenever The Lines releases a new sports betting video on any market, including most day-to-day MLB bets like this one, and you can get those in real time in the Lions Discord channel over at thelines.com. But, Mo, before we get into the three games on your card for today, White Sox, Guardians, D-backs, Phillies, and Red Sox, Angels, pretty intriguing slate overall. Ups and downs are a part of the baseball grind when you're gambling in general on any sport, but it's an 162-game game regular season, combine that with the playoffs, and it could be a lot for just about any better. So I know it hasn't been the best last couple days for you, and you go through this all the time when you're betting on any sport. So just for viewers that aren't used to the downs when it comes to a long, long, long season betting on any sport, but especially Major League Baseball, how do you go about navigating it? shut the games off and
1: go do something else after the Cardinals give up five runs uh, and only score, like, three runs on a minor league pitcher. I mean, it's just, like, people have to, I guess, always... I was thinking about it earlier. Like, when when there's an edge or whatever, and it's, like, very small, obviously, a couple percent, and one bloop single that has, like, a... 150 xba falls with a guy on third and that that edge is just literally gone on that that one hit so it's just like something that happens i guess like like i was saying before uh i didn't even get in the black i think until july last year maybe june or something so it's gonna be thankful that i'm up 8.5
0: units or whatever it is and try to do better tomorrow or today it's going to be a good day for Mo, but no, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's these, I mean, you go back to the game yesterday, number one, Cardinals offense, I think produced about one for 150 with runners in scoring position. So lineup wasn't great overall. And then you mentioned Cincinnati's offense and Montgomery's stuff wasn't good either. I think he only went about four innings, but the home run for one of the Reds younger players got out of the ballpark and that Would have been a home run in maybe a third of ballparks across Major League Baseball. That's generous. I think that was a lazy fly out 90%
1: of the time. And yeah, just goes out because fake ballpark and whatever.
0: Yeah. So if you're not ready for this, and I say this every video, it's not just when Mo goes on a couple of. Bad nights, tough nights betting on baseball. It's a long season. It is a grind, and that's an understatement. And Mo wasn't kidding at the beginning when he was saying, go do something else. If you're betting on a sport every single day, it can be a lot mentally. So go watch a TV show with your wife. Go watch a TV show with your kids. Go play catch with your kids. And forget about Major League Baseball. Or go play catch by yourself if you don't have kids and if you don't have a lot of friends. However you want to go about navigating things on your end. But, Mo, let's get into the first game on your baseball betting card for Tuesday, May 23rd. 6.10 p.m. Eastern Time, first pitch. White Sox at Guardians. The best price on Cleveland, if you're looking about Terry Francona's club, is minus 126, plus 110, is the best number out there for the White Sox to win the game outright. Remember to play price shop over at thelines.com. It is Logan Allen, Southpaw Logan Allen for the Guardians and his 304 ERA, 299 FIP. So he's pitched pretty much to expectation in a good way against Dylan Cease. And a couple of glaring concerns for the White Sox here. I know Jose Abreu is yet a homer for the Astros, but he was a lefty killer, especially when he was on his... Pairs in this White Sox lineup in years past, not there anymore. And the White Sox overall rank about league average in WRC plus against lefties this season, which is a drastic difference from recent seasons. And then you think about Dylan Cease, 478 ERA, 420 FIP on the surface. His velocity is down a full point from last season. And maybe you could argue that's going to regress in a positive nature for Cease. Dylan Cease had the most valuable pitch by run value in all of Major League Baseball, at least among starters across baseball last season with his slider and the run value sat at about negative 36. That elite slider has, I don't want to say gone by the wayside, but it has certainly dipped in the wrong direction for him and it's become a very hittable pitch. And I know the Guardians lineup is... Below league average, just like the White Sox are, or at least right around league average when it comes to batting against lefties and Logan Allen is just that. But what do you make of cease Mo in this game, but also overall, and then handicapping White Sox guardians here on Tuesday? I downgraded cease pretty hard overall this
1: season. I came into the season with him rated like close to elite, but he's been pretty bad. So Um, I docked him quite a bit, uh, but I still have him like a little bit above average. Most of his problems have been like on contact, honestly. Um, the, he's getting hit quite a bit harder. I think his hard hit rate was up like 13%. Um, nice thing here is he's always thrived on kind of getting chases when, when people are chasing his off speed stuff. Like you said, the slider out of the zone, um, that's a major problem for Cleveland, they have the third-highest chase percent. Uh, they're pretty swing-happy, contact-happy team. Um, they have one of the worst offenses. They have they don't make a lot of hard contact, 28th and hard-hit percent. So um, I think this is a decent spot for Cease. And the White Sox lineup, you know, Logan Allen's pretty good, I think, but... Still early obviously, but they they still hit lefties reasonably hard. 106 WRC plus. Last year, like you said, they were elite with a 119, but 106 is still quite good. Um, so I think it's a good spot for the White Sox overall. Um I think plus one ten. I had them even money, so I think this is a decent spots about the White Sox.
0: Um yeah, I just I don't believe in the Guardians lineup whatsoever. On to the second game that we're gonna discuss of three. 640 P.M. Eastern Time, first pitch out in Philly. D backs at the Phillies, and Arizona twenty-eight and twenty overall, and Philadelphia sitting at twenty-two and twenty-five, and credit to you. Not that things can't go south or in the other direction. It's still very early, as we like to note, especially with the St. Louis Cardinals, despite their issues driving in runs on Monday night. But you had the Phillies win total under this season looking Good so far. And the best price, if you're looking to back the Phillies, is minus one hundred forty-one over at Bat Rivers. And best number on Arizona is plus one thirty to win this game straight up. Matt Strom against Ryan Nelson. What do you got here?
1: Yeah, this one is kind of just like a fun one that I wanted to highlight, honestly. Uh I was having a bet typed into my account in this one, and then I decided to wait for a little bit. And the Arizona keeps going up and I think it's probably good to bet now around plus 135 but honestly I think a better way to bet this game could be to just wait uh, for the game to start and then bet Arizona if they're like down one or two when Matt Strom is done pitching because he's like starting but it looks like Dylan Covey is gonna be the the long man here he's really really bad and Strom is really good <laughs> so it's kind of a weird dichotomy here where like there's a really good pitcher to start but he's only going to go like two innings I think I mean this is just baffling to me I don't understand why they don't just put Strom in the rotation if they're struggling this much he was a really good pitcher in the rotation for them and he's been a decent starter before so I don't understand what the Phillies are doing but if they insist on giving a bunch of innings to Dylan Covey I think that it's okay to just either bet them and backs now or just wait and see if it's like 1-0 Philly, 2-1 Philly, something like that. Dylan Covey comes in. He's really, really bad, I think. Um, The Dodgers, like he came in one game for the Dodgers and gave up two runs only in four innings, so he wasn't even that bad, and they just immediately told him to take a hike anyways. (laughs) Um, I I think when they see 6.3% swinging strike rate, (laughs) I mean, you don't even see like a called strike plus whiff rate this low. It's like 15.9 I think it was something crazy Uh, this is just not even a real number so that's like Max Scherzer like gets that many swinging strikes on its own you know so uh, Covey was an awful pitcher years ago that I used to fade all the time and then I guess he went overseas yeah came back uh The only thing he kind of does well is get grounders. I I think on this team, though, that doesn't help you that much with the Phillies' defense. So I don't believe in Ryan Nelson whatsoever. I think we've faded him multiple times on here. But um, Dylan Covey's quite a bit worse, I think. So I think Arizona might be a decent live play for sure and okay play right
0: now as well. Yeah, I was going through the, the career trajectory for Kobe. Pitch for the White Sox, speaking of Chicago, from 2017 to 2019. I remember him quite well from his White Sox days. Not great. 7 one ERA in his first season with the White Sox. And that ticked up to seven nine eight. And then pitch for Boston before going over to China, like you hit on. And then one start, one outing with the Dodgers. And that was enough for Dave Roberts. Granted, Dave Roberts doesn't really know how to manage a pitching staff, let alone a bullpen. So, maybe he wasn't the right guy to play for, or Kovey wasn't the right guy in L.A. to begin with, whether you want to doubt Dave Roberts or not. But, on to the last game on the card here. 9.38 p.m. Eastern time first pitch out in L.A. Boston, sitting at 26-22. and 22, Losers of two straight games. Lost the Series finale at San Diego, despite taking two of three from the Padres. Angels took the first game in this series last night, 26 and 23. Minus 110, pretty much both ways on the money line, but there are some shops that have pushed Boston out to minus 115. So slight edge to Boston currently in the market, at least to win the game outright. Not saying from a numbers or model standpoint. It is Brian Bayo against Griffin Canning, and Bayo has a 445 ERA. And a four eight seven FIP, So he's actually pitched a little bit above expectation according to his peripherals. And opponents have hit him hard. When you look at the opponent's hard hit rate, it ranks in the third percentile, which is not good. 97th percentile would be good. Third percentile is not good. And Griffin Canning, while the hard hit rate isn't as bad, I think it's in the 28th percentile. The peripherals overall don't really stand out in a positive sense. So Red Sox Angels, how are you betting the last game on your three game MLB card now? I kind of believe in Brian Bayo.
1: I know that like his ERA keeps being bad game after game kind of, or I guess it's kind of like month after month at this point in his career, you know, he still hasn't had that many starts, but his ERA estimators are all like sub four, and he was a good prospect. His batted ball distribution looks really good. He gets tons of grounders. Um, I kind of feel like at some point the other shoes got a drop on his ERA. I mean, four point six two ERA, like that just this just doesn't square with like the the quality of the stuff he's dealing out and, and the quality of you know. All of his estimators, like I said, 3.8, 3.9, 3.7, 3.6, like Sierra, FIP, XFIP, these are all like pretty good. So I think Bayo's better than, than his ERA. I think Griffin Canning has probably been worse than his ERA overall. He's a opposite kind of like I, – I think the Angels have always had a lot of these guys, but maybe, maybe their defense was just letting them down. But Andrew Heaney was the same way. Uh, they're just – his stuff is good, but especially when he came into this season, he was throwing harder at the start of the year. But I was a little bit intrigued. I scooped him in a couple of fantasy leagues, but not much positive happening. And so, yeah, threw him back into the into the waiver pool. He's he was throwing harder, so he was up to like ninety four point six or something, I think. And but still, it's just like not helping him. Too many hard hit balls. Uh, ERA estimators in the high fours. Another thing about this game. You know, the Angels, they have a really top-heavy pen where, like, Carlos Estevez is pretty good. Everyone else is pretty bad, I think, even though Matt Moore somehow has a 1.5 ERA. But, yeah, like, Griffin Canning isn't going to go deep into this game. Like, he's averaging less than five innings per start, and and that means pretty long, um, like, stretch here of a really mediocre to bad middle bullpen of the Angels against a really, really good offense for Boston. I also don't, like, understand what the Angels are doing with their lineup. (laughs) Mickey Moniak is batting leadoff. I know he has, like, a 560 BABIP or something, but, I mean, he's just been not good and has really bad projections. So I don't really understand what they're trying to do there. And, yeah, I, I think Boston should be a little bit bigger favorite. I know it's like close to even money. It's kind of going that way right now. Boston, um, up to minus 115, I think, most places. But I think minus 115 is still okay. I wouldn't go any, any far past
0: that. And just to contextualize a little bit what you were saying about Bayo, when you look at preseason stuff plus, ranks right around the same as Shane Bieber. And I know Bieber has gotten hit a little bit harder than he did last season. Joe Ryan, our guy Joe Ryan, who is right in the thick of the AL Cy Young race stuff. Plus for Ryan 98 entering the season, Bayo at 96, same number as Louis Varland, who has a very talented ceiling for the Minnesota twins. Speaking of the twins, just like Joe Ryan and Justin Steele, 97 stuff. Plus, I know I kind of went a little bit all over the place. And, there and they have the- a bad defense, you know, like they have a bad defense. So he's probably
1: going to underperform his stuff a little bit, but I just can't believe he's going to be 4.6 ERA.
0: Yeah. No, then listen, and he has pitched better of late. When you look at strikeout rate, the stuff is clearly there. Now, the command, I think he had a season-high five walks in his last outing. That was an issue for him last season was command. Hasn't really come into play this year outside of at least, I I think that was his first start with three or more walks. Maybe I'm... Wrong there, but I I believe so. So, command has been pretty good pretty much all season. Granted, it hasn't really gone deep in outings, but I'm with you on the handicap. Makes a lot of sense. So, that's going to do it for this edition of Beat the Closing Number, presented by TheLines.com. If you want to get more involved in the show and handicapping games on a day-to-day basis outside of your baseball bets, remember to head over to play.thelines.com to have a shot to win a Amazon gift card daily in our free MLB pick'em contest. Breaking down a select amount of games on a nightly basis. So for Monowara at Monowara on Twitter, for myself Eli Herzkovich, follow the lines at the lines US. Thanks for watching and listening. So long, everybody.